few weeks ago, Richard Greer came into my office with a newspaper tucked under his arm, ready to share it with me. It was an article written by doctors Robert Waldinger and Mark Schultz, who are the directors of the Harvard Study on Adult Development. It's a study that's been going on for the last 85 years, which I found to be amazing. Since 1938, Harvard University has had an astonishing 84% participation rate in this longitudinal study that's trying to figure out the patterns of happiness and health. 724 men started the study, and since then, more than 1,300 of their offspring have taken part. And the result is clear. The single most important factor in long-term health and happiness is good relationships. On the other hand, there is growing evidence that loneliness can suppress your immune system, lower your brain functioning, and make sleep less effective. For older people, this and other studies suggest that loneliness can increase the odds of a person's death in any given year by 26%. Digging into the data and looking at the nature of human beings, this all makes sense. The authors give the example of a woman who lived 50,000 years ago. An isolated person's brain or body would have to go into temporary survival mode, they write. The need to recognize threats would have fallen on her alone, so her stress hormones would have increased and made her more alert. If her family or tribe was gone overnight, she had to sleep by herself, her sleep would be shallower. If a predator was approaching, she would need to know. If for some reason she found herself alone for a month rather than a night, these physical processes would continue, morphing into a droning, constant sense of unease. And they would begin to take a toll on her mental and physical health. She would, as we say today, be stressed out. She would be lonely. Chronic loneliness, the article suggests, is like living in a house with a smoke detector going off all day, every day. It's a scientific fact that human beings are designed to be in relationship. But human beings have known this since long before the scientific method was ever created. In the first creation story in Genesis 1, we read that God created human beings in God's image. And there's a few ways that you can understand that, but the way I read it is that God is triune, three in one. God is perfect relationship. And so being made in the image of God means that we were made to be in relationship with other people. And since we aren't three in one like the Godhead, we live out the image of God by creating relationships with those around us. It's why I continually harp on the idea that the mission of the church is to bring all people into right relationship with God and with each other. Then in the second story of creation in Genesis 2, the first thing we read that God says isn't good comes in chapter 2, verse 18. God looks at Adam, whom God had created to till and tend the land, 
and very quickly realizes that it is not good for human beings to be alone. And so God began to create all kinds of things to try to fill the void in Adam. Cows and chickens and fish and cats and dogs. Nothing quite worked. And so God created Eve, a suitable companion for Adam. Right relationship between human beings had been established and perfected, and it was good. Which brings us to our very challenging lesson from Jesus in the gospel lesson today. Jesus makes it pretty impossible to live up to the standard of the kingdom of heaven. If you are angry with your brother or sister, you have committed murder. If you say you fool, you will be liable to the fires of hell. If you look at a woman with lust, you have committed adultery. If you divorce your wife for any reason but unchastity, you commit adultery. Don't swear by heaven or earth or your own head. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. With all due respect to Jesus, that's just plain crazy. There is no way that anyone can live up to the vision of right relationship that Jesus sets out in the Sermon on the Mount. None of us can live a perfect life. We're all going to get angry occasionally. I can't count the number of times I've been behind the wheel of my car and yelled, you moron. 75% of the ads at the Super Bowl this afternoon will be based on getting men to look lustfully at something or someone in order for them to buy a product. We are all guilty on some level of breaking right relationship, of failing to live into the fullness of the image of God within us. And God knows that about us. And as with most of the difficult things that Jesus says throughout the Gospels, I think it's the impossibility that is precisely the point. So why does Jesus take such a hard line against what he knows full well we humans are incapable of doing? I think the simple answer is Jesus cares for us. Humanity is the only part of God's creation that is created in the Imago Dei. We bear within us the image of God. We are the chief stewards, the managers of creation. We are, for all intents and purposes, God's best and most beloved handiwork. And because of this, God is mindful of us. And because God is mindful of us, the things we do and the things that happen to us matter to God. And because these things matter to God, the pain that we feel is known by God. In the Incarnation, Jesus took the pain of this world into the Godhead so that today God can walk, walk alongside us in our hurt and our heartache. Jesus takes such a hard line on relationships 
Because when, pe when relationships break and people are hurting, it grieves God. Relationships are hard. Divorce is messy. And so is cancer. Violence breaks the heart of God as well. All of this is true and more. The tearing apart of human relationships hurts no matter the reason, but the good news is that God is there. God is here. God is with us every step of the journey. Because God values relationships, <clears throat> excuse me, relationships. God made us to be in relationships. God understands that good relationships are the key to a happy and healthy life. God also knows that relationships don't always last. And so whether our relationships are full and satisfying or difficult and broken, God is there because God loves us. God is the creator of all relationship. Life is hard, but God is here. Amen.